I hate cold calling, but it has to be done, right? But if you can avoid cold calling, we can put up a referral program in place where your happy clients keep referring your other clients. So you can have systems, okay? Here's the thing, prospecting and keep building is boring, right? Business is a marathon, not a sprint. So people want excitement. They go in, they go out, and they wonder why the results are inconsistent. So no matter what business you're in, you have to have a system and you have to have consistency. Welcome to the Sales Masters Podcast. Here, we're going to be interviewing titans of industry, bringing you the hacks, the tips and tricks from the whole of the world on how you can get more effective in your business. We're going to bring some of the biggest names from across the world to drop their bombs, drop their information, to give you the info you need to thrive in business. We're going to talk about the struggles, we're going to talk about the successes and everything in between. Welcome everyone to the Sales Masters Podcast. Today we have one of the greatest guys on the planet. Uh, we were talking earlier on today about exactly this. Finding the right people is vitally important. So Darius Sudi, thank you for joining me today. It is an absolute pleasure having you. How are you doing? It's my honor, David. Thank you so much, brother. I'm uh, saying hello to everyone from Georgia, Tbilisi, the capital of Georgia. It's a beautiful country. And uh, uh, what's interesting about this place is going through change. Uh, I had an office here for a couple of years and uh, I tried to bring entrepreneurial mindset into Tbilisi and it's incredible how much communism set in their mind. And um, no matter how much we try to go forward, they still came back as a union and they want to go backwards and they want to get the contracts right and they want to get agreements right. So after about two and a half years, three years, I closed my office because no matter how smart the people were, they still didn't have that entrepreneurial mentality. So it's good to come here and realize how lucky and blessed we are that, you know, capitalism can be used in, a, in an extreme way. But at the same time, you know, we all deserve abundance and abundance and choices come through earning money. Um, and the reason I got into sales is because I wasn't particularly smart. I wasn't educated, dyslexic. And I felt it was the only role I could have where I could earn more money than uh, most people I knew. Yeah. Well, so I, I mean, love sales. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, the whole idea of the Sales Masters podcast is to bring all of that information from the people that are the titans of industry, people like yourself, that you have been in the trenches, you've got your war stories, you've had the good, you've had the bad, and we've learned and come through it. And I think it's interesting for people that actually haven't done the, the standard education. A lot of people, like you said, we fall into sales, right? Or we realize that the opportunity within the sales industry is massive. So the people have a negative mindset, don't understand it. I mean, for you, you've been in what sales? 35 years? 35 Younger years. than that. Um, to, to give people a rundown, how did you get into it? Tell us some of the, 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 the struggles you found at the start and, and really let people know how they how you thrived and how they can too. Do you know... Um, it's interesting because uh, I have a social media platform and an agency in America sends me the questions every month. And every time they send me a question and I feel it's like uh, negative, I avoid it. So I don't look at my uh, story as just challenges. I always look at lessons. So I love to share with you my, my pitfalls, but what I learned from them, yes. that's really, really important because I think that's the first thing we got to do. Some people are listening to this and they're going through peaks of their lives. And some people are actually going through the troughs. They're really having a downtime. And I always say this soon shall pass. 
okay, what have I learned from this frigging experience? What am I learning? Although no words can take away the pain, uh, but what is my lessons? How can I make sure I never make this mistake again? So um, I'm from a very poor background. Um, father died when I was very young. Uh, so, and then my grandfather took care of me and he died by the time I was seven. So what I learned is that there's nothing guaranteed in this world, especially our lives, and it can be taken away from you any second. So I just, from the age of seven, I started counting, counting days, hours, by the time I'm going to be 30, how many days have I got? By the time I'm going to be 50, would I live to be 80? And how many days have I got? So I was very conscious of time. And it served me well because now I really, in my 50s, I really know that time is the most valuable commodity that we have. And too many young people throw it away. And what's become, we were having this conversation earlier, what's become very apparent is that as my time is ticking by and I, most of my life is behind me and not in front of me, a little bit of certainty has come into my life. So I don't entertain certain people and certain traits in my life. And when it comes to getting a deal done, I'm just too straight, you know? And the fact is that it really gets me deals. So I don't have time for chit chats. I don't have time. I'll give you, I'll give you one example. Uh, a referral came to me three days back, three days back. And it was a doctor. And I send this, uh, and she owns a hospital. And she sent me, I'm inquiring about this. This person recommended you to me. I'd like to know more information about you. I said, sure, I'd love to meet with you and discuss it. She came back and said, send me your company profile, your list of services. And I never do that. I never do that. Because when you send the information, you're giving a reason for people to not buy from you. Exactly. Okay. So I said, I'd love to do that. Here's my website. And here are my social media handles. Check it out. But what I like to do is meet with you to find out what you really need. It took her 36 hours and she didn't reply. She read my message, didn't reply. I fired her. I fired her. And I said, you know, um, I wish you all the best. Obviously, you're not interested. Good luck. No hard feelings. And guess what? She replied within 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. And saying, hey, listen, just because I don't reply to you immediately doesn't mean I'm not interested. And I just emailed back and I said, thank you for your reply. And that was it. WhatsApp back. Thank you. For and I don't want her as a client. You know Why? because she's going to be a pain in the ass because she's got the cash and I've got the service. She's never going to appreciate me. She wants the information straight away, but sits back and takes her time. Yeah. Okay. 30 years ago, I would have danced to her tunes. I said, whatever you want, because salespeople think just because the other person's got the cash, they're king. Right. So I just thought, you know what? And when I got rid of her, I thought, thank God, because she would have been a pain in the ass of a client. Yeah, she would have valued herself more than mine because she's got doctor at the beginning of her name. She thinks she's better than me and blah, blah, blah. So I just thought, fire her. It's so funny. One thing I've learned, sorry, that not all clients are your ideal clients just because they pay you. Yeah, 100%. And so I was talking about this with someone the other day, and I'm so glad you brought it up. People, when they first start in sales, they are so focused on the deal, and especially a service-based industry. It's not just, oh, if you're selling iPhones, right, or you're selling a car, Actually, once they've got the car, they've got the product. But if you're selling a service, it's all the delivery of that service. Yes. If you're going to have someone who's going to be on the phone, not answering your calls when they need, not executing on what you teach them and all the other stuff, you're not going to get the results. And people have that scarcity mindset. Yes. Was there a certain point when that changed for you, when you realized that? Or have you been driven with that for quite a long time? I noticed, I noticed when I was desperate, Okay, at the beginning of my sales uh, career, or when I hit uh, a hurdle, 
my energy changed from confidence to desperation. Mm. Okay. And whatever it is, the prospect can see desperation in your energy levels, in your eyes, in the way you speak. Okay. So before I even start now, I say to them, Hey, listen, I act fast. And that's not because it's because I deliver, not because I'm desperate. So if you can handle that, I'm in. If you can't, I'm not, I'm not your uh, consultant. So I say speed stuns. Okay. It's not because I've got spare time in my hand because I deliver. Every time I give you my word, I deliver. You might not like my style. You might not like my aggressiveness. You might not like my speed of doing things, but I always deliver. Mm. Very clear. I'm very clear now with what I want. I think the most important thing is knowing your values, being clear with them. And if you work hard enough, the money will come. But the worst thing you can do is to hire a really shitty client who what they, the fees that they're paying you is a big chunk of their income and they're going to screw you. And they're going to screw you so much that you haven't got time to go somewhere else. And all you do is they, they drain you of your time, your energy, your happiness, your confidence, everything. And then once you fire them, suddenly two new clients come in. Because they're blocking, they're blocking your growth. <laughs> yeah, you've got to put down some things to pick up others, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of the time when people are starting off, they have almost rose-tinted glasses of what their ideal client is. But I think you talked, you touched about certainty a moment ago, and it's such a key part. When The more certainty you have about yourself, the more certainty other people will get from you. And I think in the early days, people don't know what they want. They just want the money, right? I just want the deals. They're not thinking anything further past it. And I think there's a lack of belief that people have, especially in sales. Um, and you know, David, it's getting worse. I'll tell you why. Because 20 years ago, 25 years ago, internet wasn't as readily used as it is today. Yeah. And you could pretty much say anything and get away with it. Make a promise and get away with it. But now the prospect knows more about your products, your services than you do. Because they've done 20, 30 checks before they call you yep. or after they meet you. So if you're not confident in your ability to close, build relationships, have enough knowledge about your product, you're in the shit. I, and I think there's, there's that fine line for a lot of people out there that I say to people all the time about, okay, well, I've been in sales for 10 years. Okay, well, you've been in sales, for, but have you been learning sales for 10 years or have you just been doing it in the same way? You could be a, a carpenter, but the only thing yeah, you've done we is... We all used to play for Man United. Yeah. We all used to have a career in some football club, but nobody gives a shit. No one does. It's what you are today. Yeah, exactly. And it, the level of experience of how long you've been involved in something isn't the same about how much you've learned in that. And I think for a lot of the time, and one thing when I, I, I talk to you, I always get is you're you're in the trenches, for want of a better word, dealing with people, dealing with those deals and learning and involving. Why do you think a lot of sales people in sales stop learning? Because it seems to be in me, like as a doctor, they keep evolving, right? As an athlete, a top performer, they know they have to get there. With sale, people in sales, once they get to a certain level, there's often an arrogance, isn't there? But I know everything. Do you the feel moment that? you get arrogant, the universe will f you up right yeah. so i've been there and the, i think your biggest your biggest hurdle challenge or your uh, grit in your shoe is or the cancer is complacency mm. when you get too comfortable and you can very easily earn a lot of money very quickly and then stop feeding the belt the conveyor belt and yes. when you stop feeding the prospects in time it catches up with you 
So one thing I always do, I'm always prospecting. Always prospecting. Even, even if I'm in the fortune, I'm always prospecting. I don't have one basket with a few golden eggs. I've got a basket with a lot of eggs. Mm. And if a couple of them break and fall out, it's fine. Okay, but my life doesn't depend on those few golden eggs. A lot of people go through that feast and famine with sales, don't they? It goes nuts. They prospect like crazy. Then they've got loads of clients. Yes. And then they're like, okay, great. This is brilliant. I'm going to go and live on a beach in Thailand for a week. Yeah. Right? And then they come back and they're like, crap. Yeah. And they just have to go through. But a lot of people don't. Why do you think people stop with the prospecting? Is it the fear of rejection? Because it seems to stay with a lot of people still, doesn't it? I think, I think um, it's, first of all, prospecting isn't easy, okay? No. It, especially on the phone, right? So we all, as human beings, are lazy. I mean, I hate cold calling, but it has to be done, right? But if you can avoid cold calling, we can put up a referral program in place where your happy clients keep referring your other clients. So you can have systems, okay? Here's the thing, prospecting and keep building is boring, right? Business is a marathon, not a sprint. So people want excitement. They go in, they go out, and they wonder why the results are inconsistent. So no matter what business you're in, you have to have a system and you have to have consistency. Okay. And I think and consistency, role plays, doing things over and over again are boring stuff. Going to the gym can be really fulfilling for a day, but try going 30 days in a row. It's boring, right? But yep. you get the best body if you go to the gym every day. 100. And there's those people out there that we look at someone who's got a good body and we feel they've just been born that way, right? But actually... They've been working on their craft for 10 years. And then the same in sales. So they are they disciplined with what they eat. Yeah. They're disciplined with what they eat. It's not just in the gym. They actually, their lifestyle, the way they live their life enhances their, their body, right? It's no freaking coincidence. Genes do make a difference, right? There are people who are tall, the people who parents are fat. They, yes, of course, but here's the thing. I've never seen a fat skeleton. <laughs> True. 100, yeah, but 100%. And it is, but I think we're so, everyone's good at sales, right? I talk about this all the time. Everyone's good at sales, but the majority of the time we're good at selling ourselves rather than selling other people. We sell ourselves on excuses and reasons and yes. all this other stuff, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So internal dialogue is pretty self-defeating. So going back, if somebody is in sales and they want to be top sales, they've got to be freaking competitive, right? Mm. I want to be, I want to, I'm so competitive, it's untrue. I was the other day, it was last month, actually, I was in the gym and uh, I looked at the screen and it was a member of the month, right? And I was thinking, I'm here every morning. Why can't, why can't I be a member of the month, right? <laughs> Within two weeks, I was next month's member of the month. Right? So I was like, yeah, now it was embarrassing because my face is on the screen in the gym every day, but I got to what I wanted. And then I was thinking, okay, so I got here. So what, what am I going to get for it? So I went chasing the management and I got a thousand pounds worth of food. Right, <laughs> you just got to be keep chasing and growing, and you got to be competitive, right? Sales is a contact sport, isn't it? One hundred percent. And a lot of people don't seem to make those contacts. Here's a question I'd love to ask you: So, say where you are now, the wisdom you have, the experiences you have. If you were going to go back to your 18, 20 year old self, obviously there's a big difference. What would be some of the key things that you would put into their mindset or actions you get them to take? 18, 20 year old back then, there's not much I could change. I would probably have uh, somebody I could copy and listen to and mm. mirror. 
Now I would go on the internet and I would research experts like you. I would learn, I would learn, learn, because role-playing is the most important thing. I couldn't hold a conversation. You know, sales is about building relationships, building like trust, okay? And by building like and trust, it comes through really being interested in your prospects um, business. And that comes through asking really good open-ended questions, right? I couldn't couldn't ask more than three open-ended questions before I went into the pitch or the close. Mm -hmm. So I never really built trust. So if my 18, 20-year-old, now, I would say research, role play, listen to the experts who've been there, done it, got a T-shirt. Because one thing that emotional intelligence comes through years of experience that you and I had to pay through making it, losing it. But now you can get it on the tip of your finger on, a, on the Internet. Yeah. Listen to the successful people and learn and practice at home in front of the mirror. Practice with your friends. That doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can gain that 30 years of hardship that you and I had to go through in a matter of six months by listening to <laughs> experts on the Internet. 100 percent. And I think you touched on a great point with the role play. I talked to so all every client of mine. They have to role play. Yes. Like it's, it's just part of it. As yes. soon as you're on the line, I'm like, OK, listen, to let you know, you will have to. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I've literally got four clients at the moment, which all of them. So they're new clients and one of the things they've got to go and do. So if I'm going to help you build your strategy or improve your strategy, I need to hear what your strategy is. So I'm like, you have to call me as if yes. I'm a client. Yes. And I'm like, but, but can I just send you it over? No, because it's not just the words you say. I want to hear everything. Because I want to hear how you react. You know, these, you know what? These people, they have such a fear of failure. Yes. They go and fail in the marketplace. They go and fail in the marketplace. Fail for free. While go and fail, we are really hot prospects. That's yep. costing you blood, time, and guts, you know? Just learn for free. Yes, it's boring, but keep doing it until you polish up your act, you know, polish up your skills. So much so, and this is the thing, right? So I was, on a, I was on the phone with a client yesterday, and I was like, right, it's Monday, let's hit it. So, and I hang up, and I'm like, you've got to call me. Like, not just like, oh, let's start, ring, ring. Like, you have to phone my number and, like, full on the whole thing. Yes. And he's like, oh. and you can hear in his voice, he was like, oh. And I said, I know you don't want to do it, but that's exactly the reason we need to. Right now, you've got the cobwebs on, and you're going to go into your clients. You're going to go and talk to high-ticket potential clients worth 200000 300000 dollar deals, and you're going to be rusty. I was like, right, okay, here we go. First five seconds, right? No, start again, hung up on him. And he's like, you're so frustrated. I went, I know, but it's meant to be. because, yes. And I'm sure being you have gladiators, you love that Spartan creed of sweat more in practice, bleed less in battle, right? Four Absolutely. calls he done with me. And at the end, he went, thanks so much. He's like, I'm ready for it now. Because we've got to get the cobwebs off. Yes. Now, why do you think people in sales freak out about it do you think it's the judgment of others do you think it's i can explain to you why yeah i can explain to you why if you're a business owner okay you look at it differently if you're a salesperson you find excuses i tell you what weak salespeople. if you go to the market if they call you and i we reject them on the spot and we coach them okay but if you go to the marketplace the prospect doesn't say i don't want to buy from you you know what the prospect says send me some information yeah so they go to their bosses and say, I had a really good day today. <laughs> I spoke 20 people and I'm sending out 15 bits of information. Okay. Because they don't feel as foolish when they go to the marketplace and they're being jerked around by the prospect who's never going to buy from them because the guy's too polite to tell them to fuck off. 
right? Very true. You and I get on the phone and I make my students sweat it out in the most unreasonable possible way yep. I could make them feel. Because in the marketplace, it becomes piss easy. 100%. I, I yeah. was... I was in a clubhouse room the other day and it was a real estate room and I got up on, there was 240 people on this stage and I'm like, who wants to role play? And I just got up on this stage and I'm like, I'll do it. They're like, how long have you been in real estate? I went, oh, I'm not. And they're like, okay, but we're going to do, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. What do you want to sell? And I'm like, so you want to role play, but you, I said, just tell me what you want. And all I had to do, this is what I thought was easy. Yes. I would say to them, all we've got, they were like, you just got to get an appointment. I mean, so you don't even want me to sell anything. I'm like, okay, so I've got all psyched up. I'm ready to go. And got off this thing. Now, bear in mind, anyone who's listening, this is marketing, right? I got into a room of salespeople, and the idea is to outshine other people. And the only reason we can do that is because we've spent years of uncomfortable times in role play, but we get to that unconsciously competent level. And everyone wants that. Think back to when we were kids. Your mates would be playing with a football, right? Standing on the ball, practicing, kicking against the wall. That's role play of football, right? Anytime you practice a sport, it's like role play. The only difference with this is words instead of an action. And if we're going to become good at sales, if we want to get to the top level, we've got to get the reps in, right? And you must have put the reps in and I'm sure your gladiators do it all the time. And when we go out to the marketplace, so many people don't bother with the reps. They want to mask for reps. They want to pretend they've done the reps. Yes. Right? And they get fired. Then they yep. get fired. They sure and they wonder why, wonder why they got fired. Yeah? And why they're jumping from job to job. Because they were never prepared to face the tough, tough stuff at the beginning. 100%. You know, I, I call people gladiators because 2,000 years ago, if you didn't practice long enough, you go to the, to the arena, you get chopped up. And you know what happened? If you pretended you were injured, there was somebody, I don't know if you know about this, there were two people at the end of the exit and they would smash your head in just to make sure you weren't pretending that you were, you were uh, struck by a sword or you were dying. Yeah. Now we go out to the marketplace, we screw up and nobody cares. We just get a sales report and we just hope that nobody sees us, that we're losing every battle. We go out, you know, in this mm. place called the arena, which is I call life, right? Mm. So do you want to die slowly or do you want to die fast? Mm. I think it's interesting now with automation and all of that type of stuff, which I, I think is a great part of a business, done right. But I think a lot of people use things like automation, marketing, because they don't they get rejection, but they don't see it. <laughs> At least it's hidden. They send a lot of emails, they send this, and yeah. they just go, okay, well, we've got a 1% conversion. They go, okay, well, it's 99% of people have rejected you. Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're in my pipeline. No, they're not. They've yeah. just point blank said no. I mean, LinkedIn, bro, LinkedIn. I get approached every day, okay? People who haven't researched what my company does. Mm. Who is, hello, let me sell you something. And, I'm, and some of these people are professional sales companies. And they just have no interest in me, my business, what I teach, nothing. And they just straight away, hello, can I sell you something? And I'm wondering, that's one of those people you spoke about. They just 1%. They get a machine gun out, loads of energy, loads of expense, loads of money spent, and hope one of them hits the target. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think it's. I think with a lot of times now, people get confused with ad spend. You know, we're talking about ROAS. If I could say, for every dollar you spend, we could make two. Okay, well, that makes sense. So if you, I spend 100000 you're going to make me 200 So that sounds all right. But that's not a great conversion rate in life, right? 
You think about a salesperson, if we can get a 50% conversion rate, okay, cool. But actually, when you look at lifetime value and all these other things that people have got, it, I think it's really different. Let me ask you this. Sure. If you were going to zoom back, so we've gone back to the early stage career, you're, I think you're someone who had the right mindset and all about jazz anyway. But what would be something that if you didn't get into sales, what would you have got into? Because you've got drive, you've got determination. So I imagine you would have thrived. You know, what um, would it have been? I live in Dubai and um, every bathroom in, the, in our, in our um, malls have, have cleaners. It's the cleanest toilets you've ever seen, cleaner than your home toilets. And, and these people, I walk in and they look, because they know I'm quite um, generous, they look at me for tips, okay? And they get to stage now, they're kind of chasing me around the mall. Every time I'm walking out, I'm like, oh God, everybody's after tips, right? So the other day I was thinking, if I was a cleaner of a toilet, okay, what would I, I'd be the best freaking cleaner in the world, okay? I will make sure, I won't chase people for tips. I will make sure I'll do my whatever job I'm given with the total passion. I will go out of my way to look after my customers who come in. I will make sure that the shit I'm in, literally cleaning toilets, is just some a phase I'm going through in my life because soon I'll be a supervisor, then a manager, and so forth. Yeah. So I will make sure through my passion I get the most amount of tips. I won't chase the money. I'll make sure I have the cleanest toilets on the frigging planet. I'll make sure I whistle when I'm doing my job that I hate. Okay. I'll make sure I've got a sm smile on my face when people enter or when they leave, whether they pay me a tip or not. And I have total faith and confidence that eventually that will pay off. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is, I would do it. It's one thing I had because I never had a silver spoon. I worked hard. So I always earned money, didn't have the skills, but because I worked harder than anybody else. I closed deals at six o'clock on a Friday evening where all my mates were in the pub. I lived in Manchester. I was in Northampton cold calling, door knocking. Uh, when he was pissing it down in Manchester, I was out there door knocking, selling Kirby vacuum cleaners in Withinshaw Council State. Yeah, selling 2,000 pound vacuum cleaners to prostitutes and drug dealers and all sorts of things, honestly. And but you know what? When he was pissing it down and all my competitors were at home or in the office, People felt sorry for me. They, sh sh you know, I, I showed commitment. Yeah, at that, at that time I had glasses and hair and shoulder pads and everything was down and my and you know people let me into their homes because they felt sorry for me. You know, this guy, this guy wants it. Okay, so hard work is answer to everything. Now, if along the way you can polish up your skills, polish up your act. So instead of machine gunning, you have you zoom in, you bang, and you hit Life the target. Mm. Lot less effort, but put a lot more hard work in. I agree. So, yeah, go on, Karen. No, no, the hard work, hard work. Yeah, so one thing I've never shied of is hard work. And I love it. Action is the biggest aphrodisiac. Mm. Mind you, after closing a deal. Yeah. Yeah, closing a deal is the biggest aphrodisiac. But action is everything. Because you can go to bed thinking, you know what, I gave you my best shot. Yes. And I think a lot of people go to bed disappointed with themselves. Yeah. I think you ever seen that of a video on YouTube and it's the lion and he's literally ready to pounce and you've got the antelope just running past and you keep seeing he's so. about to go, he's about to go, he's about to go. And it goes on for ages and eventually the antelopes are all gone. And I think so many people have that. Yes. The fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of screwing up. Yeah. Is the thing really, that holds them back, right? You know, I think, sad to say this, but ego blinds you. 
Mm. Okay. I call it call it the bathroom moment. I think there's a moment every day of our lives is that where we have an honest conversation with ourselves. And that's often when all the family are in bed and we're not wearing the daddy hat, the mommy hat, the wife or a husband hat or the accountant or lawyer hat or whatever it is. We go to the bathroom, the door's locked, we close the cabinet window and we have a look at ourselves and we have an instant honest conversation like, yeah. did, I, did I bullshit my way through today? Was I lucky? Was I this? And we had that honest conversation. I think more people should have that honest conversation with themselves because really what other people think doesn't really matter. Like you put your ego aside. It's that honest conversation where you say, did I do my best today? Was mm. I at my best today? And when I had nothing and I was doing meetings, you know what the question I asked myself, David, was all the time, if my kids were here, would they be proud of me? That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Would they be proud of me the way I behave today? If the answer is no, don't kill yourself. You're only human. Yeah. And often too many people beat themselves up too much. And I just say, you know, celebrate the fact that you're, you're smart enough to realize it. Just yes. Don't do it again. Because if you realize it enough times, the likelihood of a new habit will form, right? Exactly. I do it my, I do it all the time. And so we've got a company at the moment, which I'm working with. Um, and they do all their phone, they let people do phone calls on their mobiles. They outreach. I'm like, cool, well, let's do it through the CRM. Let's do it with a headset. And the guy's like, oh, are you sure? He said, like, I'm not too sure I feel about that. I'm like, hang on. So you're not, you're not sure how you feel about doing exactly the same phone calls? But with someone else listening in, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel that comfortable. I said, the only reason you don't feel comfortable is because you know damn well when it gets uncomfortable now, you find a way to get out of it. And I said, yeah. that's fine. The fact we're having this conversation now is fine. I respect that. Yeah. yeah. And I said, the fact is, it's the language that we're using inside. The fact that you're thinking that means at night you're going home and you are looking in the mirror you are sitting on the sofa and you're going, why did I do that? Why did I let myself down? And we have those moments. Everybody. Yes. Everybody goes through a point in yeah. their life where they let themselves down. But the you know problem what, is it becomes too big a habit. You know, the problem is, the truth is that often they, those people who refuse to do the CRM call will go behind your back and slag you off to the owner. Yep. He was useless. He was this. And it they'll sell the owner on the idea more than selling the client. Yes. And that's the sad <laughs> thing. So before I go in now, I say, hey, listen, I tell you right now, people who are committed to you and your business are going to celebrate me. The ones who are sabotaging your business are going to come to you and go, be prepared. Be prepared to be strong enough to want this change. Yes. And resist it to people who don't want the change. Exactly. And you hired me because you, you don't want the same thing year in after year after year. I, I was talking to a guy the other day and I said, if we're going to find this holes in the boat, we want to find that before we get out in the ocean. Yeah. Like you want to find that in the shallow water that there's a hole. So wherever yes. business is now, the location's their location. Where they are right now is where they are. And I'm a big believer of the fact that no one likes to find there's holes in the boat, but you don't want to wait until you go big, until you grow your company to 25 million, 50 million, 100 million, yeah. because then when there's a problem, then it can yeah. cripple a company. And you know what I say? It's very interesting because I use a similar thing. I say, do you want to be the Titanic or do you want to be the speedboat? Mm. Yeah. Do you want to be a sailing boat or do you want to be a powerboat? And imagine having holes in your frigging sailing boat or already having holes in your Titanic. And you hit, you hit one obstacle, COVID, you hit anything. Yep. And you can't cope with the change because you've got the wrong staff. You've got the wrong attitude. You're not open to change. Yeah. You know, mm. when I, when I, when I, 
train salespeople, I say to them, for about four weeks, you're going to hate me. Yes. Literally, I say the same thing. Yeah. You're going to hate me because I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. I'm going to fuck you up to the point that you can't even say hello properly. And they go, ha, ha, ha. And I swear in the first week, they can't say hello properly. Yeah. Do you know what's the, what's this? This is, this is going to listen. Your listeners are going to benefit from this. What's the first thing a salesperson says on the phone when they call someone? Hello, Mr. David, how are you? They say, how are you? Why do they say it? Because it's just a habitual thing. 100%. They don't know the guy. They don't care about him. Yeah. And what if the answer is shit? Mm. What if the other guy's thinking, why is he asking me how are you? And he yeah, my cat cry. just died. Terrible. <laughs> Wife just left me. My business going bust. Yeah. So just to, for them to say, Mr. David, I hope this is a good time. My name is Dariush. You know, just that assertiveness, changing a bad habit to a form of um, certainty can guide you to the direction where your company, where you want to go, not where your prospect's going to go. 100%. So a lot of stuff that people do is habitual. So I say, if it doesn't serve you, don't use it. Mm. Turn every eye close over 90% of of my sits. Okay, because when I qualify I'm right, I build massive trust and I close. Okay, Mm. and here's the thing, no matter what industry you go to, the top four or five rejections are exactly the same. Always. Budget, time scale, true? Yeah. Don't have the money, you're too expensive, this is not the right time. That's pretty much it. Okay, I'm not interested. Yeah, what are you not interested? Right? The the, re, the how to overcome these I call smoke screens. Yeah, is very uh, easy. Mm. But most weak salespeople believe these smoke screens as reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree. Um, most salespeople come to you and say, David, I I love to work with you. Can you print me a business card? Because I can't sell unless I have a business card. <laughs> You ever had that? Yeah. <laughs> so, man, like, okay, so what we need to do is first we need to redo the website, then I need to get a business card, then I need to set this up. Yeah. Then I need, no, you don't. You need to get out and you need to talk to some people. Yes. <laughs> That's and what you David, need to do. David, I can't sell because I don't know enough about your products. Mm. When, I, when I'm an expert about everything that you're doing, then I can comfortably go and sell. No, you don't. You, sales is just building a frigging relationship. Take an expert with you. Build the trust, build the relationship, and close the deal. If they've got any technical questions, have a techie guy with you. Yes. And I, th- I, I think a lot of the time out there when we talk to people, when we said earlier about, for example, the introduction, so people were listening to this, bear in mind what we're talking about here. There's a big difference between you in sales when you're new and you in your normal life. You're used to saying, hey, how are you? Because you say that to the person in the coffee shop, the guy who's making your lunch, your wife, your husband, the kids, everyone you see. Yeah, hi, how are you? Just chit chat. Small talk. And there's got to be a clear intention. When we're in a sales process, setting a clear intention. Why am I here? I'm not here to find out if a cat's dead. Right? We're not here for this. I'm here to disturb your day in the nicest possible way. Add value and find out if we could do stuff together. And Not I won't f- waste your time. And yes. I won't waste, I'll, I'll respect your time. I was, uh, the other day I was, uh, 
I was walking past my sales manager and I said to him, he said, I've got a Zoom call, a sales call. I said, right, make it in front of me in the boardroom. And it could tell him he just went white. Yes. <laughs> so like they pulled off his cliff. He's making the, the Zoom call and he just happened to be with the CEO of a big company. And they happened to be both South African. And at one point, the conversation went west. They were talking about how people joke about South African names or something. And my blood pressure was going up. And I went behind the screen. I went, cut it. Cut that bullshit conversation. Because he thinks it's rapport building. And it is not. Okay? It isn't. The guy is thinking, when I hire you, you're going to waste my time. Yep. You're going to come to my office and talk shit all day long. Yep. It's a skill to be able to turn somebody around from the chit-chat small talk to talking business. I just bet having a straight conversation with people, I think a lot of the time works. So if me and you were talking, I say like, imagine if your friend's a surgeon. Imagine if I've got to go in for an operation. Me and you could be the best mates. But when I'm in that room hearing about my operation, I don't want to be like, listen, what we're going to do is we're going to cut you up. Hey, did you see that TV bro? Like, no one cares. No, you're going to cut me up. I need to have clarity. Yes. We have to have intention. We have to get certainty. Focus. We have to get certainty. Yes. yes. And people deserve that. People deserve to get the best from you. And I talk to people all the time. You've got your prospecting, you've got your presenting, you've got your closing. If you want to chit chat, because you play basketball and I talk about the Chicago Bulls, doesn't make you like me anymore. Doesn't make you want to And do guess what? The prospect's smart enough to know you're using that as a get to know me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you're being insincere. And people are like, tell me, do you have kids? Right? Tell me, you're married? You're married or you're happy? Yeah. Like, yeah. no. People Stop trying to find what you have. We live in a fast world these days. So here's one, one thing. So we don't say, how are you? We just say to hope this is a good time and going to the pitch. Second thing is the most common thing I get, even now, is send me some info. Yeah. Okay. And what I say is, don't say no. <laughs> Too many people say no and against his argument. Yeah. So I have to sell you. <laughs> yeah. I say, here's the thing. I'll explain. You know what I do? I educate. I love to send you information, David. I love to send you some information. Here's the thing. You're not going to read it. And what we do, if I was, you know, I'm a salesman trying to improve the way you grow your business. And if every time your salespeople send information, your sales won't grow. Yep. So I need to be in synergy with what I teach. So we don't send information, but I'm more than happy to meet with you to explain why we don't send information. So when are you free to meet? So I can explain it. Mm, I like that. When we were talking, and I think there's lots of different products, right? There's products and services. Send information is pointless. When yeah. someone says, send me information, there's two things that I believe happen. One, the person who's asking you for information, you haven't done a good enough job telling them about what you do. So yeah. they're like, Give me more. They're saying, I need more details. Yes. But it doesn't need to be in a written format. And the yeah. salesperson sends it going, okay, off you go, my friend. Go to Darius and tell him all about my business and do my job for me. I'll sit and here. And you can sell for me. Yeah. I'll wait. Please. Yeah. Please, little brochure. Even if you're going to go never, off and buy it. It never closes. It never closes. It, it's It's... A leverage for them to say, no, I'm not interested. I've read you. They never open your email. No. And, and they always say, I've opened it. I've reviewed it. I'm not interested. I've so you're giving I, them a reason to reject you. I think the thing is with this is as well, the, the, the prospect that you're sending it to is hoping that the brochure is going to tell them enough to make a decision. I actually believe that. 
The fact is, we know that he's not going to do it. Yes. We know that the brochure doesn't sell them. And I always say to people, imagine, say if you've been in sales and you've been selling this product for a year. Imagine and remember back to the first day you sold that product. The uncertainty that you had about your product, the details you couldn't remember about your product. And that's exactly the same situation that your prospect is now in. Yes. And by you getting given a company brochure on the day you started, didn't make you understand the product at all. Yes, correct. What made you understand it was talking to people about the product and they told you what happened and this, that and the other. Yes. And people want to use the brochure the email. And I say to people, people oh, send me an email. I can happily send you an email. Tell me what you want to see the email to say. Exactly. I have and then they go, okay, I need products. to know A, B, and C. Great. Mm. Even better than that, I've got this really cool interactive email. It's called a phone conversation. So I actually am a human life brochure. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay. I say, so yeah, I can tell you everything. You don't even have to read it because I'll talk to you about it. So let's find out so, what part of it. What I, what I do is, I try to, on the phone, close the appointment. So if, if I say to my uh, students is that if you find yourself selling a company or products on the phone, you're having a wrong conversation. Yep. You tell them enough <laughs> and you interest them enough to give you that 7, 10, 15 minutes of their time. You intrigue them enough. to go, mm. that's interesting. How do you do that? But well, I'd love to explain. Maybe I can't serve you, but give me 15 minutes. Yep. We can find out if we can do the same for you as we've done for your competitors or other people in your industry. Okay. Mm. So what I say to my students is if you find yourself selling anything but the appointment on the phone, you're in a wrong conversation. 100%. Well, especially when you're talking about a service or something similar, if you are in prospecting, the idea is to identify, for example, our intention in prospecting is to get a qualified, certified appointment in pen for a set day with a set person with a set idea about yeah. a set thing. Yes. Our presentation is about sending it, talking about finding the problems, finding what the fixes are, marrying them up and qualifying them. And then your closing is about getting paid. Exactly. Right? And exactly. too many people are asked about face even now. And I wonder... I still think there's a degree of a fear of rejection where people are in prospecting and they just want to blurt everything out like a verbal brochure. As if, if I say enough words, you're just going to give me money. Yes. But it's a dance. And also another problem, David, you're absolutely right. Now with the power of internet, they can do too much research on your prospect. So not that they're blurring out, they start educating the, the, the prospect about their own business, but they haven't earned the respect and the right to do so. Yes. So by looking at somebody's LinkedIn or website, they start educating them what they need. And the prospect is not going to say, who the hell are you to tell me what I need? Because there's no trust. Yes. So what I say to my, my, uh, my pupils, my students is that don't do too much research. Kind of know about, kind of know about the industry. Yeah. And go in with, you know, you intrigued about them going that really interested to know the ins and outs of their business and they love you for it, but don't go in with too much information and you become too much of a smart ass. 100%. And I think it's interesting with this. And if people are sat here watching this now and you're thinking, okay, well, this is very different from what I currently do. That's a good thing because if there's a problem, we've all seen other people in life, especially in sales, other salespeople. And you're like, Oh my God, they are doing this so wrong. But most people don't get told. 
So if you're watching this now or you're listening to this now and you're thinking, I need to change what I do, that's normally a really good sign. So, for example, if we're going to set an intention, what is my intention for what I'm doing now? If I'm picking up the phone, you should roughly know, right? Like if I'm trying to, if you're trying to set an appointment, we know typically that conversation is under these 10 minutes. We're finding value points. We're getting an appointment. We're shining as an expert, right? We're not over-talking. We're not getting caught up. That's really it. Yes. So, I mean, with with what you're doing and where you're at, what are some of the key things that you see people still messing up with? Is there a certain format you see? Does it seem to change quite a lot? I think a lot of people are relying on social media now to, to get their sales. And I don't yeah. realize social media takes that. It's taking me, here's the thing, Dave. Okay. I'd say judge what we're earning today. Okay. What's our bank balance or bank statement says? Okay, is the reality of our lives. Mm. Okay? So if my bank statement says 10,000 pounds, that's how much I think I'm worth in the marketplace. Mm. Okay, I'm a millionaire and you're making millions, right? So who do they want to listen to? Right? So the person who's through sales made millions mm-hmm. or they allow their ego and their stuff that gives them the type of, results and income that the current bank statement tells them. Mm. Let that be the judge, not what I say. Does that make sense? 100%. And I, so, I, go on, Karen. I always, when I, I, used to, I used to teach squash, and um, no matter who I was teaching, guess what they did the first game? What? They tried to beat me. <laughs> right? Because they want to suss out whether it was a good coach or not, if I was ah, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. And one of the things you and I always get is people freaking trying to test us. If you're mm-hmm. so good, you make the call. Yeah, 100%. We yeah. see that all the time. Well, sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't because I'm past that. You know, I've been too long. I don't need to, right? Mm-hmm. But what I found out always that the best way I got respect when I beat them, nine love, nine love, nine love. The other day, I was helping the telesales department of a big finance company. And they're the wrong staff, not motivated. I would never have them in that position, but the owner likes them and kept them. So I had what I had and I had to do business with them and coach them. We managed to increase the revenue by 20% from the telesales, okay? Um, where was I going with this? Where the hell I'm going with this one? I forgot that one. I lost my track. Well, oh, yeah. So they're, making calls. they're making calls. They're making yeah. calls. They're making calls. And, and these are all incoming calls. People saying they're interested in the products and services. Yeah. Right? So it's the easiest way to close. I made two, t- I, you know, they said, well, your system doesn't work. You know, they were challenging me. I made two telephone calls. I made $400,000 in two telephone calls. They, they came in, they closed. And I had a conversation with them. Just a conversation with them, with the prospects. You know, we, we two busy trying to sell something we're not yeah. focusing on adding value i think a lot of people have those habits now yes. where they've always done things in a set way and they feel that that's the best way out there and i'm always surprised because i always i say to people all the time and this is one of my favorite questions i ask everyone i go okay so imagine a scale from zero to 100 zero is you at your very worst and 100 is the very best person of what you do in your industry. Where would you rate yourself? 
because it's easy to go, oh, I know sales. Now, I'm mm. not going to go off and go, I'm 100. I put myself at uh, mid-60s. I'm happy with that because I think there's people out there that are making huge, obscene yes. levels of yes. money. Yes. So then I'm, and I say to people now, well, where would you be now? And based on the knowledge, that's my score. But that gap above it is other people's information, other ways of doing things, other ways of saying, other conversations, other questions. Yes. And too many people think they're at 100. Also, when they say, first of all, the moment we think at 100, we die. Right, yes. because at sixty or seventy, we're always growing. So I'll never be a hundred ever. Rest ever, of my life, right? Because there's always room for improvement. And you don't so, want to be a hundred. No, no, because then you just relax, and I don't ever want to relax. Okay, I just want to keep pushing and challenging. Now, most people are jealous. Mm. They become haters. Okay, I, I, although I was poor, I was always brought up to kind of admire people who were successful and learn from them. Okay, so I think the first thing you got to do is that when you see some success, do you resent them or you celebrate them? Now, I know that in England, I had Ferraris and no joke. Every time I took it out somewhere, it got keyed. Really? Yeah. I had somebody even took a dump on the on the bonnet. Stop it. Honestly, I came out of the Italian restaurant. It was a shit Ah. on my bonnet. (laughs) Okay. what is wrong with people? You imagine I had to scrape it off and the acid left a mark permanently on my body. That bonnet. is one of the most. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, in Dubai, in Dubai, people queue up to take photographs. They celebrate. In America, they celebrate. Mm. You know, I'm not saying British are like this or anything. I'm not saying that. It's just like something I noticed, right? You either celebrate success or you resent it. Mm. And too many people have become haters. Yes. And they don't know anything about it. They don't know anything about the guy. They don't know anything about the products or services, but they're just happy knocking it. So when I say put that ego aside, that, you know, the other person is highlighting what you don't like about yourself. Change it. Mm. You know, we're the only creatures on the planet who are given the power of thought. So we can decide to go left or right. Animals, trees don't have that, right? They don't have the power of thought. That's what makes us who we are today. So make sure you have the right thoughts, right? I find it's really interesting because the whole thing with we were talking earlier about the whole um, personal, and I think it is a lot more, it's a lot bigger in the UK now. But when we're comparing to, say, America, that isn't saying America's better and England's better, but I just think when we look at self development, there's a lot of people that still have this oh, it is what it is, I do what I do. And that's it. Now, if you're in it, and I think some of the happiest people out there have set their margins in what they do, they, this is what they want, and that's their target. Now, salespeople, I think it's different. Because if you're in sales, you took a job where the better you do, the more you earn. Yes. So if you're in sales now and you're not looking to grow, you're not trying to get to the next level, you've become complacent, I always question whether you should even do it which might shock some people because sales is not always an easy job. There's things that, like we say, prospect can be hard. You can have real peaks and trough times. It can be really tough on your emotions. But I think a lot of the time people are six feet from gold, right? I always talk about the analogy of a plane, for example. Planes say in 170 mile an hour to get off the ground. A lot of people are planes at 140. There's a lot of activity, right? They're bouncing down the runway but then not just that extra little bit more and they'd be able to take off. 
why do you do you think that's a belief thing for people that they yes. don't believe they can get to that stage or do you think they they think they're at their max when they're really not 85% is mindset mm. 15% habits and 5% skill mm. if you find if you're an employer and you're spending a lot of your time motivating your staff you've got the wrong staff because sales people have got to be self motivated they have to have hunger I tell you who has single moms. They're the most amazing, motivated people you could hire because they have something greater than themselves to, to, to feed. You know, they have a goal of a third party, somebody greater than themselves. So they have to be self-driven. They have to be motivated. You have to have the desire, the hunger. You know, you want a boat, you get the boat, you want a bigger boat. You want a plane, get a bigger plane. Always the desire to want more. Be happy, celebrate your success but don't get complacent. So it's the mindset. Mm. It's the mindset. Now, um, something you said, you said salespeople job, okay? Here's the first thing. The moment you're in sales and you call it a job, you're a wrong person. You're screwed. You're screwed. Job stands for job just over broke, okay? Sales is when you're looking for an opportunity where you can grow, you can learn, you can expand. So when I, I just hired someone for my as my PR, and in my heart and soul, I know she has all the skills, but my heart and soul tells me that she's a wrong person. Mm. Okay, because constantly she's talking about in this job, what time do I start? What time do they finish? Mm. You know, what are my responsibilities? Where do I fit in? Yes. How many holidays do I get? Yes. Do I get uh, health care? Do I get wrong questions? Yeah. Okay. If she saw an offer, and, and as she said, she, as we sent her an offer letter, I've hired her because she's highly skilled and she has very connected. Okay. So I feel even if she works with me for two, three months, I could benefit a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think she'll last that long with me, but I think for that short period of time, life's a journey. It's a hop on, hop off bus. Some people hop on, you're with them for a long time. Some people hop off in a short period of time. But as long as you both somehow benefit and learn. Exactly. From okay. So, my heart and soul, it tells me that she has all the skills, but she doesn't have the motivation. But I still believe that in that two, three months, I will benefit greatly by hiring her. Uh, but I'm not looking. Uh-huh. So when we sent an offer at this, she sent me an email saying, uh, it was very interesting meeting you. One thing I'd say is I like people's way, when they come onto a podcast, leave with a few tips for people that are out there right now. So why don't we do this? Give me two or three top tips for anyone who's in sales now but wants to go from where they are to that next level without obviously knowing them because we can't bring them on, what would be some top tips you'd share with those? Set yourself a target. Be quantified. Set yourself a monthly target, then break it down into literally weeks, days, and hours. And kick your own ass. Make sure mm. you're accountable to yourself or at least somebody else. So accountability is really important. Make it into quantifiable chunks that you can actually achieve okay because if you want to make a hundred grand end of the month it takes it sounds too big mm. but if you make three grand a day it's, it's doable and what do you have to do every single day to make that three grand a day one second is uh, sales is a numbers game no matter how good you are you still have to do the numbers okay if you strike gold on your first hello you're lucky keep knocking on those doors keep prospecting Okay. And I would say third, always be closing. Now it doesn't mean close for the order. So, but if I, for instance, I can close for a referral. When I speak to someone, I say, Hey, listen, you might be interested in what I'm going to say. You may not, but if you know somebody else who may be interested, 
can I have the name so I can introduce ourselves to them? So I'm closing for a referral. When I'm on the phone and somebody says, send me some information, I say, I'll gladly do that. Okay, and then close them for the appointment. So what I do is, once I've got you on the phone, let's set the next appointment time right now, and I'll send you information you need. If you want to cancel at any time, you're more than welcome to do so. So always be closing. And finally, I would say, whoever is asking the questions is in power. Mm. So one of my one of my clients uh, yesterday, um, I, I got him to close a deal, big deal for him. It's a huge deal, life-changing deal for him. And the prospects uh, came back and said, okay, I'll take... 300 users on a three-day, three-month trial. And I'll pay you for it up front. And the guy went, okay. I said, why do you accept that? Because you know what? End of three months, they're going to cancel, right? What you, the question you should ask is, why do you need it on a three-month trial? Yeah. Don't accept it, okay? Why don't you just ask them a question? Would you consider having a 12-month? And then you can cancel within one month notice. Yeah. Because they're already setting themselves Okay, in the fact that they're going to cancel after three months. Yes. But ask the question, ask the question all the time. Okay, and the moment you're asking questions, you're in power. If you find yourself answering and justifying, one is exhausting and they're in power. Mm. Done. I like that. I like I keep that. keep practicing. Role yeah. play, role play, role play. 100%. I think they're fantastic tips. Um, Darius, thank you so much for coming on today. Anyone who wants to come and find you, um, what's the best way for them to come and find you? Okay, I don't. I hope that you're going to spell it, but it's Dariush Sudi Official, D A R I U S H Official dot com. Social handle platforms. Any Dariush Sudi. We'll have it on all, all the, the covers. We'll have all the details on here as well. Um, so make sure you are checking out checking out Darius's stuff. Um, I I am inspired by Darius. He's someone I learn a lot from, um, and I really am looking forward to going out to see you Me in too. January, uh, ladies, gents. However you identify, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, make sure you like it, subscribe it, share it, rate it, and all that jazz. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you, David. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, like, follow, subscribe, rate and review, and join me again on the next edition of the Sales Masters Podcast. Hey, hey, hey.